Indigenous Rights Radio, because knowledge is power. In this podcast, cultural survival intern Katya Yegorov-Kret spoke to Maria Savina, who is an independent artist, fashion designer, and creator of the fashion brand Ogo, originally from Yakuts, Saka Republic. In this conversation, Maria tells us about her training and journey as an artist and the experiences showing her collections at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week Russia. She also talks about the practice of melding Saka traditions with the contemporary and the importance this fusing has on both personal and professional levels. Uh, my name is Savina Maria. Uh, I'm from Yakutia, uh, from Yakutsk. Uh, I was born there, but I was living in Moscow like 13 years. Right now I reside in Istanbul. So I'm a fashion designer. I have a brand uh, which is called Oho. Uh, that is translated from Yakut, from Saha language, as a baby child. Uh, I have it since 2016 and still going on. Uh, it's really my baby. I take care of it. So, yeah. So I want to know a little bit more about your background as it pertains to your education and your um, more formal arts training. So can you tell me a little bit about, I guess, For, before that, tell me a little bit about your journey as an artist and what made you want to become a fashion designer and then subsequently uh, study it at an institution. Um, so traditionally, like when I was studying in school, uh, I did like uh, Yakut embroidery. Uh, like I was learning to do it and I was really connected with my like arts and crafts during like uh, school times then I decided like no I want to study languages and I decided to study international relations and I moved to Moscow I studied there like uh, I studied Spanish as my first language and then English then I decided to go further with Spanish and move to Barcelona I uh, did master's degree there and then in uh, Spain I had a friend She was studying fashion design and she was preparing for Valencian Fashion Week and I was helping her out with sewing stuff for her because she was in a rush. And I found it really attractive and really inspiring. And I decided like, oh, I wanted to do this too. And you shouldn't be another Chanel like corporation or like huge brand to be like uh, true to yourself to create something like interesting for, uh, So I decided to study uh, fashion design uh, in Moscow. I returned to Moscow as, uh, and uh, I did like postgraduate education uh, in British Higher School of Art and Design. So after this like uh, two years, uh, the purpose of this like study was to create your own brand. So each student had to like elaborate like philosophy, concept, like all the collection, like, uh, and I came up with OHO and uh, they like offered an opportunity for the best students to perform at uh, Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week Russia. So I like uh, participated with a fashion show there and uh, it was like kind of successful because it was published like uh, in L'Officier in different media. Uh, people found it interesting, so I decided to keep it 
up with this and I participated in uh, exhibition then next year uh, and then uh, this like story about Futura Moscow where they invite young emerging designers uh, they offered me to like uh, a place there and I participated there two times and then they like saw that uh, like uh, people were interested uh, like some publications and stuff like interviews I uh, had interview with like a metal magazine like a big interview for like uh, like independent uh, foreign media so I was pretty happy about that and they decided to offer me like a full time like runway show in Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week so I had a possibility to do it twice and uh, yeah so it was like kind of a journey like uh, slow fashion like slow growing but I'm feeling like grateful for all this experience because uh, I do it like all with my hands uh, like I apply like uh, traditional arts and crafts and modern like uh, printing and stuff so for me it's like always my brand is like uh, something about like every collection is ki kind of like same and different at the same time because I apply different like uh, concept a uh, different story every time and I see like oh this time I want to uh, do horse hair this time I want to do upcycling and I try like uh, to research and do something like uh, some sort of statement with my collections but it's not like um, very obvious mm -hmm. so if people find it like attractive interesting like uh, beautiful they can research and like read a little bit more about the story like backstory mm -hmm. absolutely so although your collections have different stories does your brand mm -hmm. itself have like a what i call a main ethos or a main philosophy that stays the same throughout your collections Yes, like uh, the main like concept, uh, the main like uh, idea I have is like the feeling of nostalgia about uh, uh, memories, about stuff that never happened. Because uh, you feel like uh, this is something uh, I know already because like, uh, uh, like some historical like costume inspired like history inspired stuff and also like something really modern because i researched in like every uh, like every day like when i go out like i wake up i watch movies like uh, everything that surrounds me is inspiring and also like uh, digital uh, stories like Instagram, Pinterest, everything like uh, modern art like uh, and after all of this it's like kind of like post postmodern like mixture of uh, the history of uh, like contemporary like kind of like a soup or something that you just like keep like boil, boiling and then do you like prepare something mm -hmm. like yeah I so love that I, metaphor, I yeah. like huh? 
Oh, I said, I love that kind of metaphor of the soup. Yeah. And maybe you keep adding things as you go. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, every time I have, like, for example, I sketch up, like, uh, I sketch out, like, uh, pictures, stuff, like, oh, I want this and that. And then I start, like, working the fabrics. And and it it keeps going because the only, pro- uh, the only reason I, uh, like, stop adding stuff is deadlines because every time just oh maybe i should do that or that so i really should like sometimes like uh, let it go <laughs> because for me it's all, always a journey mm-hmm. um you mentioned that you take inspiration from history and you do a lot of research on your own mm-hmm. um i was reading an article uh, an interview that you did rather um, about mm-hmm. how there's this been this like ethnographic turn towards um, mm-hmm. Russian fashion specifically, and how people are um, making these very locally hyper hyper local hyper specific interpretations mm-hmm. of their you know traditional garments or national garments. So I, mm-hmm. I have a question for you that's kind of two parts. Um, first off, I want to ask about what, how, how do you see your indigenous, if I can say Saha indigenous identity, how do you see that inform, inform your art um, in a way that goes past perhaps um, uh, aesthetics in the sense of like silhouettes are similar? Um, how do you think that, you know, that really on a fundamental, essential level is imbued in your art? Uh, yes, because I feel really connected with my like ethnicity, with my culture, like uh, with Yakutia, uh, and uh, it's kind of like a lot of stuff I want to tell about. Uh, because first of all, uh, right now we have like traditional costumes and stuff uh, that are really popular, like uh, for celebrations like traditional celebrations etc but they're not really traditional they're coming from 19th century and they were inspired by like russian uh, costumes Mm -hmm. and yakut people traditionally they they didn't produce fabrics they exchanged it with uh, chinese people like uh, some fabrics some like uh, beads stuff they were exchanging it uh, through like uh, fuel like so they have like some sort of natural connections Mm -hmm. and uh, the most traditional like yakut indigenous like indigenous uh, clothing is like leather clothing Mm -hmm. so it's right now it's like uh, I don't use leather because it's like bad for environment right basically so i'm just working on the edge because i don't want to uh replicate traditional clothing because uh, there are a lot of masters like people who produce like uh, really traditional clothing and Mm -hmm. like apply traditional like arts and crafts but i want to keep it like alive like uh culture always uh, evolves like always like uh, changes so I want to keep like Yakut culture Saha culture like modern but not only like merch like a t-shirt with some like sign or something <laughs> uh, I want to to make it like uh, as if it 
was continuing to be like maybe like in two uh, hundred years they will say like it's kind of traditional but right now it's kind of modern so i want to uh, do something like to add something mine and also like to keep like uh like traditional like uh, silhouettes like uh or some like parts like for example horse hair but i applied it as a like uh nail art or something like this that it's not like very obvious but also like when you look up at this uh you immediately know oh it's like yakut Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it's like kind of like uh, communication with the viewer. Mm-hmm. And it's also thinking of, of different ways that stray from the norm of how to incorporate these materials um, that symbolize a really large part of Saha culture, um, like horses, yes, like you said. Yes. Yeah. And um, also about like shamanism, like I love it, uh, like we have like... Uh, celebrations and stuff and i really get super excited about this and every time i just want to like uh, not only in the like in the clothing but in styling uh like also i every like fashion show i have i try to like in no not choose but uh like represent uh, also like indigenous people like Saha, Buryat, Kalmyk, different people, uh, also different identities and uh, like for me it's very important like different size. For me it's kind of uh, a problem because I'm the only person uh, who makes all uh, clothing so I try to make fittings before and like to make it particularly for this model to perform so like I'm very yeah picky <laughs> no, I, uh, and also uh, about indigenous people like mm-hmm. uh, also researched uh, that Yakut people they are not really really indigenous because we have like uh, all the minorities like events events like uh, yukagiras and different like small numbered uh, small numbered indigenous people who also reside in yakutia mm-hmm. and yakutians uh, like saha people they came like nobody knows where they came from so they kind of like indigenous but okay. not also not indigenous so uh right now i'm just like questioning myself mm-hmm. <laughs> but also i want to like uh, research it like better like to really understand like um how it works because like i feel like uh, yes it's my land uh, like we live in minus 50 degrees and we survive and uh, like we coexist with different like ethnicities uh, we didn't have like huge wars and stuff but also i feel like uh, the, the russian like uh, uh, people who came to yakutia so uh, I feel like there are a lot of layers of different people who came there and they, right now it's like kind of uh, also strange topic uh, because uh, they say like, I don't know uh, about like 
how to explain it? Like, I feel like Russian because I speak Russian and I studied in Russian, but also as I feel Yakutian and it's like clash of different like Orthodox church and shamanism and like different languages that like uh, that coexist in your mind. And you like, oh, there are different like reflections of yourself. So uh, yeah, I'm just out of the topic. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I think that this is something um, that a lot of a lot of indigenous people or minority ethnic people in Russia are grappling with and are speaking about more often. Um, mm -hmm. what, what you said about Sakha being indigenous but also not indigenous is really interesting because there's this concept called nesting orientalism. So it's like a matryoshka with mm -hmm. little dolls in it. And it's, it's the idea is like, um, so perhaps the medium size matryoshka can be oriental, like, can be the recipient of orientalism from a larger matryoshka, like the mm -hmm. larger power. But mm -hmm. then there's a smaller matryoshka and they, the medium sized one does orientalism and like practices discriminatory policies against the smaller one, right? So there's like these, like you said perfectly, mm -hmm. layers, um, layers there definitely. Um, but kind of how I see it is, is Saha belonging to this kind of like um, international indigenous identity. Um, mm -hmm. whereas, but it takes on different meanings in different contexts. So on a local level, yeah, especially in the Sahara Republic where the Sahara are my majority, um, almost, yeah, probably majority population. Like majority, because Sahara people is only 500,000 people. But mm. if we compare with the like, even like, bank, mm -hmm. yes, it's yeah. like, so little in all the republic we have like less than million people and right. some like small cities they have more than million people like uh, in, in one place at mm -hmm. one place at the same time so and right now like in turkey they like so many people also it's funny that uh like uh, turkey Turkish people, they consider Yakut people also like, because we are Turkic speaking, mm -hmm. uh, they like, oh, we all like same, like kind of same. They they feel right. connected with also because like, wow, it was interesting uh, to feel like accepted because like uh, at school, like it wasn't popular to speak Yakut even like your friends because like you you should speak russian mm -hmm. so uh, right now i'm just a proudly like turkic speaking person yeah do you mind me asking you speak saha yes i speak saha did you grow up speaking it with your family yes it was my first language uh and then like i started speaking russian at three mm -hmm. i think uh, but uh at school i was studying only in russian because like uh, our grandfather said that it's going to be easier for her like to keep with studies at the university and stuff so uh i just read by myself like i self-taught but uh yeah i'm trying to like to keep up with Yakut language, but uh, yeah, it's not perfect. I'm just like only with family, with some friends, and mm -hmm. like yeah. This, this yesterday I've been to oh. a theater. Huh? Mm -mm. Yesterday I've been to a, a Saha theater. They like they uh, all Saha language. Like um, it was really interesting, but like 
30% of like stuff I was like what <laughs> could you repeat please so I'm trying and trying my best uh, do you speak Saha? Yeah, I do speak Saha, but um, the same for me. I think literary Saha and theater uh-huh. Saha is uh-huh. pretty, uh, almost a different language for me <laughs> because it yes, can be yes. so highly stylized um, and, and maybe use like uh, archaic words or words that I would use the Russian word for or the Saha version uh-huh. of the Russian word, right? Um, yeah, so, it's yeah. kind of a problem. Uh, right now, uh, I will like this autumn. I will participate in the exhibition, uh, which is uh, dedicated to Saha language uh, uh, in the eyes of uh, an artist. It's like uh, how to say it, like collaborative, collective, mm-hmm. collective exhibition, uh, and. Uh, I, when I came to Yakutsk uh, this time, I noticed that some people uh, who speak Yakut, they use Russian words instead of Saha words a lot in like in Yakut way, like trying to like uh, with syllables and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even me, like I don't speak Saha too much, but I, I could say that you could use this word instead mm-hmm. like and i noticed that like saha language like washes away a little bit like little by, by little people st- still speak this language but they use so many russian words so it's kind of like i don't know like i don't want to to be it like this so uh, when I try, like when I speak Yakut, I try to like really uh, make an effort to use more Saha words, mm-hmm. like to uh, eliminate like ra- Russian words. Like, mm-hmm. but uh, right now, like in this exhibition, I want to show it like how Saha language it's. Uh, it, washes away so i will like use like saha language in the, like in my garments and then like uh, wash away them a little little by little mm-hmm. so maybe people will like it i don't know but i'm really excited about this exhibition because like it's really connected with like my heritage and uh, i never i think i participated in like uh, in events in Yakutia only one time. It was like Arctic fashion show or something like this, but I didn't come, I just sent my clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time I really want to make something special because uh, really want to like bring back something to culture of Yakutia, like something like I can be proud of. Yeah, that's amazing. Is it is the exhibition? Um, I saw this one. It was like Sardana Sirinyatnikova, and there's like mm-hmm. the Saha words that are hanging from the ceiling. Is that part of the exhibition? Do you know? No, no, no. no. It it will call. It will be called uh, Horun. Horun. Uh, so there are like uh, letters that uh, differ from Cyrillic. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, one one of my friends uh, invited me. Uh, he's also Yakut, but he resides in New Zealand and he's a motion designer. Mm-hmm. So he will make uh, this video art, and I will do my like clothes, and uh, there will be a poetry. So I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, but uh, they don't have like a specific date. I know that it's going to be autumn. Uh, yeah. It had to be in autumn, but right now with all of these events, uh, we don't know like specific yeah. specifics. So you're thinking about incorporating Saha text, Saha language into your garments. Did you? And you said that you take inspiration from what you see. And I know that recently you attended the Uthia festival. Did you get yeah. any inspiration yeah. from Uthia? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I wanted to incorporate uh, texts in Yakut language, but in Latin because of uh, like Soviet uh, reforms. They made all these minorities uh, change their like uh, alphabet to Cyrillic to make it official. So uh, some of years, like in twenties and nineteenth century. Uh, they had like um, Yakut language written in uh, Latin. Mm -hmm. So I found it interesting and uh, I found some uh, like texts from my like family, like the handwritten texts in Yakut language that I still can read. And I wanted to research uh, also like Turkic languages, for example, in Turkish, they have like same sounds and uh, they write it differently so maybe i can research about how these sounds are written in different turkic languages uh, because like i feel like uh, i should incorporate my current uh, place also because i feel uh, very in- like inspired mm-hmm. and also about uh, uh, because of covid they didn't celebrate it during two years and right now, uh, this year, uh, there were like more than 100,000 people attending. So it was massive event, very huge. And uh, the organization, like, wow. So I, I was really inspired uh, because of, uh, I don't know, for me, it's like something, uh, like some event that makes you so happy and so connected with your family with your roots and i love receiving like solar energy it's the best part like when they make algas so i was really really excited about this and uh, also like to uh, dance like a hohai because like all these traditions uh, mixed with people with traditional clothes and uh, contemporary clothes and like uh, all the ethnicities also there were they there were like some of the like uh, some of the um, places uh, they're like houses i don't know like buildings like mm-hmm. contem- yeah. uh, like i mean i don't know how Это место для проведения всех, для всех ground, 
arena yeah, area. Yeah. yeah. So they were presented different people, like indigenous people, also like uh, minorities and stuff. So you can just go through all these uh, places and uh, like go and watch some uh, concerts. Uh, listen to traditional music, also like contemporary, uh, modern music, like uh, pop music, or mm-hmm. like really traditional one, or just go and watch some fashion show, like et- ethnic fashion show, mm-hmm. or stuff like this. So you feel like uh, it's kind of like a music festival, but like traditional one. Mm-hmm. So I feel very like empowered because you can try like uh, food, like very like specific one that mm-hmm. I really miss. <laughs> so yeah do you, do you was... like ismina <laughs> yes that's my yes. favorite <laughs> this is my favorite too oh. it, it's the best because of permafrost and during the night because it takes like two days uh we had a tent and everything so in the night the best part is like to drink this soup mm-hmm. uh, to eat this soup yeah perfect I um I wanted to really quickly return to what you were saying about the change mm-hmm. of the Sakha alphabet. So um mm-hmm. there's also I mean it would happen during the Soviet time, but even in, in the 1990s after the fall of the Soviet Union with the Tatar mm-hmm. national movement, um, there was a revitalization mm-hmm. of it. There is a law still in the Russian Federation. It's called Zakon Prayedinnoyografichskoyu Asnove. Um mm-hmm. so single it's um the law on a single graphic basis. So it's like, the law says that you have to write in Cyrillic. That yes, all the languages yes. have to be in Still Cyrillic, like right? Yeah. But I know that one of the like Russian ethnicities Mm -hmm. they still have alphabet uh, in Latin but they make it Mm non-official so they have a possibility like to st- still use it but it's not official in like uh, mm-hmm. in government governmental way because like a uh, yakut language we have this like constitution and like all this like for example i love when you go like uh, by bus here in yakutsk uh they pr- pronounce uh, in yakut and then in russian mm-hmm. so i was just like oh i'm main here <laughs> i'm at home mm-hmm. so it's really cool that you just can go out and see people looking like you for me it's like uh, cute i don't know like i really miss i miss it so how how long are you going to be in yakutia this summer uh i will stay one more month okay one month and a half so uh, I'm planning to produce here like a small collection also to make a shooting because uh, like la- I didn't uh, participate in Moscow Fashion Week uh, because I was feeling like I shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, but I want to make like my, it's kind of like mixture of uh, a topic about like, uh, wildfires we have in Yakutia mm-hmm. and like last like last years like not only one like two more years we have huge problems with the fi- wildfires mm-hmm. and nobody like uh, tries to avoid it nobody helps with the like with this problem and people in Yakutia they like 
really inhale all this like uh, I don't know like dirt I don't know like it's really bad for them and really bad for animals for the animals and everything like it's like ecological problem <clears throat> and I wanted to dedicate the collection of like to this topic and also like research about more sham- about shamanism so it's going to be a mixture of this and also about the events of February 24th so it's going to be really dark dark collection but also I want to keep it like clean uh, so it's a really like hard task for me mm-hmm. but uh, I I think that I shouldn't stay silent so I'm planning to do this and uh, make a shooting here in Yakutia with Yakutian mm-hmm. models with the Yakutian team because like uh, previously I had a possibility to do this only one time so uh, as far as I'm here, I want to like uh, really maybe collaborate with uh, some artists who make jewelry, jewelry, mm-hmm. and because like they there are a lot of like like qualified people who make like silver jewelry. So I feel like maybe this time I can do something like this mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Um, hold on one second. Let me and okay. donate some part. Sorry, I like, just. Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe like donate some of the like part of the s- cells mm-hmm. to like uh, support like people who volunteers who try to like uh, put out the fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I really quickly um, because this is almost over, but um, I want to ask about kind of the reception or how people have responded to your work, especially the work that you incorporate elements of shamanism into it. Because that, I think, is a, you know, some sometimes people can find that scary um, or maybe like something that shouldn't shouldn't be touched um, because it's so powerful. Uh, in one of my collection, I used human teeth as a but- buttons. Mm-hmm. So they were thinking that it's plastic or something like, oh, they were like, oh, cute. And I'm just real human teeth. And they're like, oh, so like uh, disturbed. So I, I love when it's like aesthetics very like soft like white washed uh, washed uh, away like uh, colors uh, like very like romantic silhouettes and then you have like horse hair or like human teeth or something like this and people like get very very disturbed but i really love when like uh, it's like layers also because mm-hmm. first sight you think oh it's cute and then you try like like you feel it and you understand there's something more to mm-hmm. dig. So for me, it's like uh, uh, some people, they like getting excited. Some people, they like, oh, no, it's not for me. But I, I don't think like uh, fashion should be for everyone. Every person like like has his own style. Mm-hmm their own style so for me it's okay and uh, I'm good with that. You mentioned the project that's going to be uh, a collaborative project on the Saha language 
Um, but do you have any, or I saw that you were a costume assistant for convenience store, Pradukpi uh, yes, yes. Um So are you trying to work more in film uh, in that sense with costume and design for film? Um, what is um, your future vision or things you want to do? Actually, I already worked for also for Yakut uh, director uh, Stepan Burbrashov, oh, yeah. but uh, the film is not uh, published. Uh, maybe it will be published this winter mm-hmm. because we filmed uh, during like January and it was minus 50 and it was oh. so hard. Really interesting experience. Uh, I work. Uh, I used to work as a like costume designer in advertisement and stuff like uh, for bloggers, but I don't connect it with my brand because it's kind of more like commercial. Summing up this conversation, I just want to say that having a culture within a culture, it's hard, but also it's. It, this is what makes you unique and this is your like hidden power and uh, going local like um, getting like this background uh, makes you even richer it, uh, it it's a huge resource for inspiration and uh, It can help you uh, in all different areas of your life, like in your job, in your art, in your everything. So I feel like I wanted to share this story with you and uh, I really appreciate this conversation and I hope that people will really uh, pay attention to this small uh, businesses with uh, local indigenous people because it's really exciting it's really like it's a current culture it's still alive and uh, i'm really happy to share it with you thank you for more on the rights of indigenous peoples visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook and Twitter.